0: This talk is brought to you by the Thomistic Institute. For more talks like this, visit us at ThomisticInstitute.org. Prudence in Action is the talk, talk, uh, talk today. And I want to begin with a joke, because uh, as is our want, I suppose. Um, you, know, you probably heard lots of Dominican, Franciscan, Jesuit jokes, and uh, those are kind of a dime a dozen. You might not be as familiar with the self-deprecating Dominican jokes, um, you know, because, well, we we're, we're usually think we're pretty awesome. And so we're a little loath to tell those in public, but we do tell amongst ourselves. you know. So, uh, so I'm going to let you in on one. Um, this is one I heard in Novitiate. So there once was a skydiver who was skydiving, as they are wont to do, and he uh, and he pulled his uh, his chute a little early. And as a result, he was blown off course off his target. And got stuck in a tree and he was hanging 15 feet off the ground you know can't reach a branch really in trouble but then uh his as good fortune would have it a dominican friar walks by and so you know he kind of is calling out and the friar sees the man and he looks up and he says i see you are stuck in a tree and then the the man hanging from his parachute responds i see that you're a dominican friar the Friar responds, is it the habit? No, you told me something true, but totally useless. <laughs> now, of course, like we, you don't say a self-deprecating joke unless it's not 100% true, you know? Because if it's 100% true, it's like, you don't have any, like, ground to stand on, you know, thing you just stand on. So, you know, it's not 100% true, but, you know, it can happen that we say true things that aren't entirely useful. You know, uh, we hand on the fruits of our contemplation, but sometimes the fruit isn't entirely ripe yet. You know, like it's hard to digest. Uh, So um, that happens. Um, But fortunately, this whole conference has been full of very useful uh, information and useful application of the fruits of contemplation, especially the contemplation of our brother St. Thomas. Um, So hopefully you've already have some kind of practical principles to kind of put in mind and implement and pursue growth in prudence and exercising this great virtue in your own decision making. Uh, But part of my job is to make it even more practical. Okay, prudence in action. So the course of this talk, I want to review briefly some of what the ground we've trod. And then I want to look at uh, prudence in action under the light of two big problems. Um, You could think of it as Talking about prudence in action by looking at imprudent inaction. Let's see what I did? Inaction, like one word, but imprudent. In okay, anyway. So we're gonna we're gonna talk about that, a, a particular problem of of what I'll call like decision paralysis, um, and and look at how uh, how we can kind of get some wisdom as to how to overcome this problem uh, to act prudently. And by the end, I will give you 3 surefire principles to resolve all of your problems in decision-making. Okay, 3 surefire sure-fire principles. Okay, Uh, this is close to a self-help talk because I'm going to give the Demeter Fryer, so I'm going to just run with it. Okay, Um, all right. So, uh, just by way of review, so Father Austin spoke to us about the good and our propensity for it. Big picture. We are made uh, for, to seek the good. Um, he gave us a little foreshadowing of Father Kajan's talk with the intellect and the will. We're made in the image of God, having these two powers of, of knowing and loving. And we approach likeness to God by using those powers to seek their true object in God, by knowing as God knows and loving as God loves, especially, you know, uh, by his grace which has God himself as, our, as the object of our acting. Okay, and then he, he also highlighted a problem for us, is that we everything we, we seek or do, we apprehend as good. Uh, that would be great if we always apprehended what was good rightly and desired it truly, and then we would have been, we probably wouldn't have this conference, you know? But we have the whole fall thing, and uh, the disordered apprehension of truth and the disordered desire of, of goodness. So... Um, we've got some problems. Sister Anna talked about the virtues in prudence. Uh, She was breaking up the sand. If you remember that cute little metaphor, you know, baby Sister Anna, like, running on the sand. Uh, (laughs) um, And she she highlighted how we're we're made to do good, but how do we do it? And she emphasizes the need for prudence then in response to this problem. A rule book isn't going to suffice, nor is just a kind of spontaneous following of our desires or what we think might be inspirations of the Holy Spirit. It's a little more complex than just that. And so we need a prudence, prudence, a virtue, uh, to help us to act rightly. And she said the most important thing is keeping the ultimate end in mind. Then we had Father Aquinas who spoke about um, commanding prudence. We dived a little deeper into the kind of unpacking this, this virtue, how it works. So if you recall, he had, we have uh, an intention, it's kind of the beginning of our action, um, intention uh, means towards a goal. Remember, we wrote it on there, and I'm pretty sure we deliberated about what to give mom for a birthday, uh, if you remember. Um, and so, you know, we could give her a gift, we could, we could, uh, what was it, get her a card? Was a card? I don't think a card was on the list. That's what I like to give. A uh, card wasn't on the list, but we had other things we considered a means for achieving this goal of celebrating mom. And then we also dive deeper into these. Uh, Kind of three, st- three steps of prudential action: uh, deliberation, if you recall, uh, judgment, and command. We looked at a few of the vices associated with each one, and some of the kind of component, um, kind of uh, parts of each step. Right, like memory, docility, shrewdness. You got in your notes. Don't need to go through it all. Um, and then Father Cajetan, uh kind of blew our minds uh, again, as he's wont to do. Um, going big picture again and looking at, uh, again, kind of actually, I think in many ways, building off of Father Austin's talk of intellect and will, image and likeness, um, and then kind of introducing, again, the sense appetites into that picture and how it is that we reach out and grab reality with our intellect and will and how God can be the object of our striving, uh, not as as someone sensed by us but someone under grace who is loved by us and known by us. And he gave us a bit of um, some practical advice about vocation, right? That we should ask for the grace of vocation, that it's a response to an invitation by God, a a response to a gift, uh, not a problem to be solved. And so we should pray for that that gift. Okay, so having gone through this review, you might be asking, like, what is there left to say? Right? You know, so... uh, and at first, I thought, well, maybe we could just crowdsource this. You know, like, is there anyone in the audience who is in a relationship right now that really, you know, shouldn't be in a relationship? Like, we need to hash this out right now. Anyone, anyway, raise your hand. We're going to deliberate. We're going to we're going to make a choice. We're going to pull out the phone. We're going to command some action. We're going to end it. All right. No one leaves this talk until a life-altering decision has been made. Prudence in action. You know, which you know if you want to go there, we could go there, but I have something you know i i i aired this uh this idea with some of the brothers last night at rec uh after the vigil, and um you know so I took counsel and i uh <laughs> I deliberated uh about it, and you know there were very various aspects of this under which it wasn't seen as to be good uh you know so you know trauma uh social pressure uh Crowdsourcing major life decisions to strangers. Um, yeah, so so I decided to not go that route. Uh, um, instead, I'm gonna try to, we're gonna step back into the sandbox a little bit. Um, and you know, Sister Anna said she was clearing the sand for the rest of the presenters to build a sandcastle or play volleyball. It was a little confused, like mixed metaphor there, but uh but we can work with both. I, I kind of like them both, right? So, so Father Aquinas. You know, he built like the gate. Father Cadetson built like you know the tower. So I'm, I'm going to put the flag on top. You know, A keynote, and uh, and uh, <laughs> and uh, or I suppose you bump that spike. I like that one too. Um, so uh, so we'll see. We're, but here's what I'm going to do. The big problem I want to talk about is decision paralysis or choice paralysis, imprudent inaction. And there's one thing I'm gonna uh have to elaborate. So this is the like, hey, you're stuck in a tree moment, so just bear with me. Um, because we're gonna have to go back under the hood a little bit, uh, but then we'll get back to like the, the practical payoff here. Um, but I want to present another way we can understand the whole intention, means, goal kind of trajectory of, of uh of action. All right. And it's by it's by something called the practical syllogism. Um, so the basic idea is, you have this kind of this would be the major premise of a practical syllogism. Do do good, okay? This is good. Do this. <laughs> All right, that's like big picture. All right. Um, So one way to understand this is this is kind of, we talked about this, this is the the universal uh, premise. And this is a particular premise. And then this is an action. All right. Now we we talked about how we're all ordered to the good, right? There's a sense in which this is from the very beginning of the conference, Father Austin talked about this. We're made for the good, we're ordered to the good, all of nature is ordered to its the good of its nature. And so there's a sense in which do good, like the will is, is being pulled, whether it, it likes it or not, to the good. It's like a tractor beam. It's like gravity. All right? It is moving. All right? But the thing is, like, the good is universal, but anything we actually do is particular. Right? Which is kind of fascinating to think about. Like, the will is being pulled, to the good universal goodness but like there's the it needs to it needs to have like a way to get there and the way to get there is always through some particular action right so in a sense it's the 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 tractor beam of goodness has to go through this you know to be done okay so that's that's uh big picture abstract kind of confusing um but it's really important so i want to get down into a few like just some examples to flush this out about a bit okay so we've got uh i should have made this a little bigger but... all right we're gonna we're gonna actually give a better example more concrete so do good is the universal that's always the first one um how about this uh Honoring mom is good, to use an example from earlier. All right. Uh, I'll explain what kind of premise this is in a second. Uh, All right, well, giving mom flowers is honoring mom. Give mom flowers. Okay, now notice there are, four, there are four premises here. Okay, so it's a little expanded here. But um, th- this is an interesting kind of premise because this, this remains universal in a sense, but it's, it's not yet a particular action, though, that's being considered. It's honoring mom in general, like actions which honor mom are good. So it's still considering it as, as in a universal kind of way but it's a little bit more particular than just do good. One way you could think of it is like, the will is like, this is kind of gross, but bear with me. Tongues kind of creep me out. Okay, so the will is like your tongue, all right? So like, it's ordered to taste, tasting goodness. But there are like, you know, there are different like regions on your tongue. I don't even think about it. It just kind of creeps me out, taste buds. Anyway, but okay, but they're like regions on your tongue and, and they have different taste buds that can, you know, perceive different flavors, right? Okay, well, you can think of, in some sense, this premise is kind of like, it's a region of goodness. Or uh, maybe like a flavor of the good, okay? And St. Thomas famously will kind of uh, delineate typical kinds of goods according to our, how they correspond with different levels of our nature, like sensitive goods, food, drink, sex, uh, looking at um, goods that are in accord, accord with, uh, with with any kind of being, like preserving our life, preserving our existence, or, or even the higher goods, social goods, that are proper to being a rational animal, like friendship and, and whatnot. Okay, so this has to do kind of with, with like a social good honoring mom, um, and we might consider this. So, if, if, uh, if one way to get at this is that this this has to do with a a first principle of practical reason. What we're doing is practical reason. We're reasoning about our action. First principle, and then this would be a second principle of practical reason. Okay, that's all under the hood stuff. If you don't care about that, it's okay. Uh, that's fine. Some people geek out about this stuff. So, you know, for you, this is for you. All right. Um, now, this is this is a psychological description of like what's of the di- di- dynamic of how we're drawn to the good. OK, this is not something where like you always do this. OK, like reason through each step, you know, it's like, hmm, do I give mom flowers? Like, well, I do do good. And honoring mom is good. And giving mom flowers is, is, is honoring mom. Therefore, I will give. Mom flowers. Like no, no, that's not how it works. Okay, that's that's not what we're getting at here. But it's it's that the, the goodness of giving mom flowers is seen through through this, you know, this is how the will kind of kind of is motivated, is through this goodness in general, and then this this region of goodness. Okay. You'll see why this is all important for decision paralysis in a second. So you know bear with me. Okay. Um Another example. All right, do good. Okay, that's always the first one. Uh, You know, sustaining health is good. So, like, sustaining your existence is good. Okay. Eating, what we got over there? What, what, what kind of, what do we got over there? Doritos. Doritos. eating Doritos. Doritos for breakfast with Doritos? Clock change, so we're on different schedules. Oh, <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay, all right. Eating Doritos <laughs> for breakfast <laughs> uh, is, sustains health. Okay, <laughs> question, mark. question mark. All right, well. You already see what this is getting. Okay, <laughs> eat Doritos. Okay. Uh, <laughs> all right. well, okay, so there are other options out there, though, right? So, like, we got Doritos. What else we got? I, I can't see. Granola. Mm-hmm. Granola. Granola. That sounds a little better. <laughs> <laughs> Granola. Is that what you chose? Um, well, <laughs> <laughs> is that, are those Doritos? <laughs> are those. <laughs> Okay, we got granola bar. Okay, I don't know what else. So we got uh, we got it's coffee. Cook- well, that doesn't, doesn't eat it. Cookies. Co- cookies. Cookies. <laughs> <laughs> all right, cookies. Okay, cookies. This is this is going off the rails a bit, but uh, you know we'll help you. Okay. All right. Well, there, you know it does provide calories. You need energy to survive. Okay. So you know. Um, all right. So notice that this we introduce a little bit of a problem. Right. Because it turns out, like, when you're, you know, sustaining health is on your mind via the sense of appetite and hunger, you know, bodily appetite of hunger, you know, um, you got some options. You got some options, right? Of like, you know, it turns out like this good of sustaining health, whoop, no, now I do it. All right, well, okay. Good through health, it turns out like this goodness is shining on Doritos. It's shining on granola bars. It's shining on cookies, you know? So like the goodness of the Doritos is beckoning you. The goodness of the granola bar is beckoning you. The goodness of the cookies are beckoning you. Now we're beginning to get into the choice paralysis dilemma, okay? It's okay, so how do I go from this to eating Doritos? You know? It's really clear when there's like one option, right? Like you don't have a problem. Because like well okay this is good this is good I see this is good I'll do it, but when you got multiple options it becomes uh, you know a little bit confusing. Now remember, uh, remember what Father Kajdan said about how only perfect good compels the will. Remember, remember how he was talking about how freedom lies at the kind of the intersection of, or, or the the coaction of of intellect and will, and because. Any particular good which we apprehend could always be seen as deficient, as not good in some respect, right? So the will isn't compelled to choose it, right? And the interesting, the interesting um, uh, not exception, but actually counterpoint to that is that God, who is infinite good, when he is known, cannot help but be loved by the will, right? This is actually why, like, the saints are, like, firmly, firmly in heaven, you know, it's like they can't choose against God because they see him. You know, how, like what aspect of defect could you see? There's nothing, nothing. So the, the will is is like, remember the tractor beam of goodness? Like the will is like just drawn in that tractor beam. Like there's nothing, nothing to, to keep, to, to def- deflect it. All right. So, but particular goods are always limited. Um, okay. Now here's another example. I'm not going to write this on the board, uh, but you know, maybe you've had this experience. I've witnessed it. It's alarming. Uh, you know, you, it's, you're with some friends, and it's late at night, and you want to watch something on Netflix, right? So you, like, pull up Netflix. Like, well, what do you want to watch? I don't know. What do you want to watch? Well, I don't know. Let's, let's, let's look around. So you start, you start scrolling through, like, all the categories, and like, yeah, that's okay. No, what, what do you think? Oh, no, that's okay. And, like, you scroll through, like, Half an hour later, you're still scrolling through the options. like this this happened. like you know it's like, okay at this point everyone starts to get a little angry. you know it was like like,, oh, let's just watch something. Come on, just start, let's pick something. you know, something's better than nothing, you know And finally, finally you, you pick it, right? Um, but you know there's a but this highlights a kind of the difference between um, how the will is operative in decision choice. Alexio, and deliberation um, consensus or uh, consent. And I'm going to flush that out a little bit because it's super important for how we get over this whole decision paralysis problem. Um, OK. So uh, so we talked about, um, what did we talk about? We had intention, uh, means, goal, right? Remember this from Father Aquinas. Um, and then, what do we have here? Liberation. Right, what's this one? Judgment. Judgment. Okay. And? Command. command. Okay, excellent. Okay, so, um, this is an L. Alright, still made what they see. But whatever, okay, so, you know, you guys know it, you told me. Alright, so, the, the way the will is involved in deliberation is it's, Thomas uses the word consensus. I actually like leaving it just Latin, consensus, because it's like kind of like sensing with or like feeling with, it's it's feeling out the options. You see what I'm saying? It's like feeling it out, all right? Feeling out the, uh, feeling out the goodness. Yeah, what kind of goodness we got here? Let's feel it out, all right? And then, and then judgment involves a different act of the will called alexio, election choice decision where it's no longer just feeling it out it's like it's committing right this is actually kind of a, a i mean i've been reading a lot about this lately for my doctoral work this is actually like kind of confusing to me still a little bit like what is the difference between feeling out a good and committing to it like on part of the will it's a I'm gonna give you how I how I have made sense of it because I think it's actually really important for like making a decision. Okay, um, there's a sense in which when you're feeling out your options, uh, granola bar, Doritos, um, do we have cookies. <laughs> good. Anyway, so uh, uh, you know our options are all good, doing good. Um, um but uh, you're feeling it out. There's a sense in which you're you're perceiving the good which you're discerning, you know, or thinking about under the, under the aspect of, of the goodness of deliberation itself. Right. So there's like, there's a sense in which like the act of deliberation is itself being willed, Right. So it's kind of like, uh, you know, or to make a little syllogism here, it's like, you know, do good. Deliberation is good. You know, this is a good to, to deliberate. Like this is a good to consider, you know, to deliberate about, you know. Deliberate about this good. Can you feel it? So you know what I mean? So like there's a sense in which the, the good of deliberation is, is at play. Okay. Um, whereas in Alexio and judgment, there is a goodness to judgment itself. Like there is a goodness to to ending the deliberation. You know, you kind of reach that point with like the whole Netflix thing. Like, you know, you're just like, okay, okay. Like, I don't care anymore. <laughs> like, you know, I had a strong opinion. Now I don't. Like, now I just want to like end this and, and watch something, you know? Um, you know, and if someone was still like, let's say there was someone who, you know, had arrived here, Raptor prayer, was standing, still standing at the table. Like right now, in the middle of the talk. <laughs> you know, like just standing, and they were just looking. You know, cookie, Dorito, granola, cookie, Dorito. You know, just like you know, just endless consensus. You know, just like feeling it out. I'm still feeling it out. I'm still feeling it. like there comes a point where like that is bad. Like you know, like that is bad. You know, like and now you know the the counterpoint to the first. Remember the counterpoint of the first principle of practical reason: do good. Do good is the first practical principle. Do good. Can't help it. The, the counterpoint to that is avoid evil, right? Avoid evil. All right. So, so there comes a point where like the endless deliberation becomes an evil. Okay. Uh, and, you know, Thomas, sometimes uses evil. It's, you know, bad, you know, it's not saying like, anyway, just sometimes that, that word confuses people. All right. But we're going to use it. So here's my claim. Okay. I'm getting a little kind of speculative here. So sorry, we're hanging in the tree. I'm sorry. You're up there. Um, <laughs> But I want to propose to you that if we did not live in time, going side by here, like if we did not live in time and nothing was time sensitive, it's actually kind of hard to to see what would move us from deliberation to judgment. Um, now, this is all absurd because like to speak of movement and plus time. So like, okay, they're they're kind of, but, but you see, there's, there's some, there's a character about like our life as creatures who are in, in motion to God that gives a certain kind of time sensitivity to the way that, that the tractor beam of goodness can pull, pull us to itself. know, They're like time sensitive goods. Right. Um, Another way to put it is, like, so imagine, like, a game show where, like, I, this doesn't exist. I'm just pulling this out of the hat. So, like, where, you know, you've got, like, different colored wallets and someone, like, is like, throwing three at a time, you know? And, like, you get to keep whichever wallet you catch. But, like, if you choose, if, you, if you're, if you like, which one do I catch? Which one do I catch? Which one do I catch? Boom, they're all gone. You know, oh, oh, shoot, try to get. Which one do I catch? Which one do I catch? I can't decide. I can decide. They're gone. You, you don't get any. You know, there's a, there's a time sensitiveness to like, all right, well, I gotta choose. All right. Okay, so uh, that's that's actually giving a little bit of foreshadowing of like how to get out of decision paralysis is like check your watch. All right, so um, that that's one. Um, and here's the thing, though, like for for trivial decisions, that can be that can already kind of solve your problem, right? It's like Doritos cookies or granola. Well, it doesn't matter. So like the conference is starting, like people are moving over there. So just like, just pick one, just grab one, you know? Like whatever one's closest, you know, whatever one is on your mind at that moment, just grab it, right? Um, And that's a perfectly prudent thing to do, you know? But, uh, and so a deadline really helps with that. Collapses the judgment, here we go. But it's a little bit harder when it's like an important decision. You know, so like, what if what if you got like an important decision? By the way, here we're talking about like all good options, okay? But all good options, like no no sin on the table here, okay? So all good options. All right, so uh, let's say let's say that um, you know, like okay, we got to do good, um, uh, uh, working is good, uh, you know. Uh, uh, job A, job A is work. Uh, you know, I'm simplifying here. It's not logically all that tight, but you know, except job A, okay. You got, you get the basic idea. All right. Well, here's the thing. Um, Well, we got to flesh this out. Working is good. Well, like, there's different. Like, why is working good? Like, that's not exactly. A basic good. So like maybe there's other ways we can unpack that. Well, like what's good? Well, uh, sustaining life, right? And you need money to sustain life. So work is useful for the standing of life. Okay, so in that case maybe the, the aspect of goodness that you're seeing is like money. Money is good for sustaining life, is, is through the goodness of money, right? In which case the appeal of job A is gonna be, well, what's the salary, you know? And by the way, like we got job B over here, okay. This is an option, right? We're kind of like deliberating here. Um, Okay, well, that's one way to look at the job. But like, what if it's like, hmm, serving the common good is good. And like job A is like, really approximately helps the common good of society. And that's the goodness that I see. Like, the common the common good, the CG. That's the goodness under which I see job A. Now it's really appealing. And maybe if I'm looking at the common good, like, job B is just not, not that close. Like, I don't know. I mean, here's the thing. You can't really sell any job short because all jobs, like, you know, even a taxi driver serves the common good, like, bringing people where they need to go. You need that. Like, that that makes society work. But maybe, like, right now, like, you're a... Uh, like my, my, I'm really proud of my dad right now. He works in so, uh, software. He's a software engineer, and he um, writes testing software or um, automation software for uh, blood testing machines that are being used for the COVID tests, like LabCorp and stuff. So like, it's like my dad's always been doing this, but it never was all that glamorous. Like mostly STD testing. It's like, oh. but uh, but like now it's like now it is a big deal, right? So uh, so um, like super proximate to the common good. Uh, so. Uh, SDs are weighed down, by the way. LabCorp is actually hurting. <laughs> uh, inside, inside knowledge on, on the on the state of the business. Uh, LabCorp, is, it's you know, you think are doing great with all this stuff, but you know, it's anyway. Um, <laughs> or Panther makes the machine. Anyway. Um, so, uh, so the thing, or so maybe like you, on that, it's like well, common good, like medic medicine, would, that's that's where will serve the common good the most, right? Okay, so maybe that's your consideration. The, the, the point is, there are endless considerations like ways of considering all right and um and so like a deadline comes along like must accept job by. you know you got two job offers you must accept by, and now you gotta decide well which one is more determinative you know like which which one is more determinative they, by the way now so there's another aspect to this okay so did anyone in high school have, um, take like this test that like told your future? You know, it's like, it's like, yeah, did you take it? What, what were you supposed to be? Do you remember? I think I was supposed to be like a teacher or a priest or something. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! Oh, okay. Well, listen, it's science, man. I do like <laughs> If the test tells you you got to be a priest, I don't know what to tell. I don't think it was an option on my test. I think it be a secular one. Anyway, but uh yeah, no, I was supposed to be a chemist. Uh, but engineer was number 2, that's what I went for for a while. Um but uh yeah, so like it, apparently what they do, I don't know if you you've, they have a methodology where they they survey people in these professions and kind of they 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 find like personality traits that are common across the profession and in which kind of denotes like a good like personality fit. You know, different characteristics, where it's kind of like people who have tend to have this kind of personality are, are disposed to flourish in this kind of work. Um, so that's actually another consideration. It's, and it kind of shapes like what is your primary consideration. You know, like it kind of shows that each of us have a certain like even not necessarily like value structure. In the case of like you know, do I have, is, like God, family, and friends, or is a friend, family, God, or like you know something like that? But it's like even in the in the objective order of things. You have certain preferences that are going to be actualized by certain work or activity, okay? And um, and so part of the reflection then also is okay. So what what kind of goods are most kind of consonant with how God has made me, and where am I going to most like flourish, and be and have my my talents, you know, best put to use? Is another way to put it, right? Because actually, there's a lot of really fascinating psychological literature about how like. Uh, the, the, we have this deep need for competence and self-efficacy where it's like actually doing well for us is very psychologically important. Like it actually really, there's, there's a huge positive feedback system where it's like if you think you're doing well, you're being competent what you do, you're like very motivated to do it. And if you actually be, begin to lose confidence in your efficacy in doing something, you very quickly lose motivation. So like there's, a, there's like good like psych- empirical basis for this kind of idea that like you want to do what you're good at, you put your talents to use, you know, get a return on God's investment. All right. So, um, so has this helped us? Okay. So the thing is, we kind of complicated things because uh, now you have this job A, job B. It's like, well, I like money. I also like serving the common good. Which do I like more? Yeah, you know, like what's, what's, what's more? Like uh, I can do good with money. I can serve the common good with money. You know, like this is you know, there's. A, I'm not saying one way or the other. I'm not trying to make light of your your your, your decision here it's it's tough um and and here's another now just to co- add one more complication then that'll be the end of the complications and then we'll get the resolution it's coming um but one more complication would be like what if there isn't a job b on the table you know what if job b is like hypothetical you know that makes it hard right because now it's not like I mean it's really nice when you're deliberating about goods and like they're both in front of you they're present to you in some way you can like analyze them on different aspects but what if like one is hypothetical a future good possible good that may not may or may not cross your path like that's 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 hard no that, that's that's a problem a future good like you can't really deliberate about it because you don't know exactly if it will exist or what shape it will take right okay so enough problems Okay, you're in the tree. Um, The Dominicans are here to help you. Okay. Um, Yeah, okay. Oh, here's my page. All right. Um, So some practical advice. Um, So I've got three practical rules. Okay. now, I'm going to flush them out. They're pithy so you can remember them, but you know, they're going to need some flushing out, so like don't be disappointed when I initially state the rule. Okay,. <laughs> Just, uh, all right, all right. So rule number one: check your footing. Check your footing. Check your footing. Okay. What do I mean by that? Well, um, there's been some really fascinating uh, research done in personality psychology about how it is that we make decisions. And there's been some really interesting research. Uh, there's a, a colleague of mine, a professor at, at um, Notre Dame who I'm working with on in moral psychology, who has studied, um, there's a trend in moral psychology that's called situationism. And it's basically the idea that in, in its radical form, it denies that we actually have a stable character of dispositions. And in fact, it's really the situations where we find ourselves in that determine how we act. The way they explain this is each of us, as we grow up, we develop like, scripts for acting like roles that we kind of play and as you go through life like these differentiate more more finely and you kind of develop more complex scripts of how you act you know so if you're at a party you have this kind of disposition you know if you're in the classroom as a student you like pay attention you're very you know respectful but if you're at home and your mom tells you something to do well then you don't you know so like there's like different like scripts that we act out of and there there's kind of a a, a critique of virtue theory that says, well, like virtue, who actually has virtue? It just depends where you're in, what, what situation you're in, like what you're, how you're going to act. And there's some truth, of course, to this that, you know, I think we can all recognize, like you go home and you kind of regress, you know, like you, just how you behave and stuff. And the, the truth that, that, they, that I think does have some empirical basis is that oftentimes what we consider to be um, like aspects of goodness that are determinative in our acting that are kind of like like the region of our tongue of our will that that we're paying attention to is does tend to be activated by our, by the context in which we're acting okay um so you know like in a professional work environment you know you might uh yeah like you, you're going to you might chick, pick your words a little differently than when you're at ease with your friends having a beer you know, and, and that actually is prudent. Like, there's kind of reasons for this, um, but the point is that when you're making a big decision, you got to make sure you're in the right place to make the decision, so that you're not like wearing some other hat. Now, I don't know if any of you are familiar with Alistair MacIntyre, but this is actually one of his big criticisms of, of, of managerial bureaucracy in, in kind of late capitalist societies: is that. Everyone has a different hat they're wearing, you know, like one day they're, you know, they're wearing the like, you know, uh, commuter hats. And then one day and like throughout the day, they're wearing the like at the office hat. And then they're, you know, at the Starbucks hat. At the, you know, everyone's got like their personas and there's just not a stable, unifying narrative of life, shared cultural context where we can all just wear one hat and just be authentically us in light of our final end and just acting consistently. that's kind of his big critique and there's some truth to it and so you have to be aware of that temptation and put yourself in the right footing stand where where you're gonna be who you truly are you know so you're not getting cued to think less important thoughts okay what does that mean well where's the best footing i don't know like maybe in front of jesus you know it's just an idea you know just an idea Maybe stand before your Maker, you know. Stand in light of your Redeemer, the one who died for you, the one who loves you more than anything. Maybe go. Maybe go before the Adoration of Blessed Sacrament, you know. Maybe make a big decision there. Um, so you got to put yourself in in the in the frame of mind and in in the place where who who you really are and who you really want to be is 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 you know. That's the script you're running. See what I'm saying? All right. Uh, so check your footing. All right. And and by the way, this is actually why our actions are so determinative of who we are. You know, like this is this is how like this is the difference between action and, and making, Axio and foxio. And the like foxio, when you're a techne producing something, you're making some external product. When you're acting, Axio, you're, you're, the first effect of your action is on you. Why is that? Because you're choosing which good is determinative of, of your action, and what you value, what 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 good is is actually kind of is the the gateway through which your will pursues the universal good. Is that gateway kind of shapes who you are, um, shapes your character, kind of says says who you are, for better for for ill. All right, so um, so put yourself in the presence of the Lord. Uh, and pray. Now I'm gonna. I'm putting this all in the first principle. Check your footing. It also means prayer. Okay. Like so. Really check your. Maybe, you know, footing. Maybe that implies you're standing. If you're kneeling. Um, I didn't think this through. Okay. But you know, wrap it all into the principle. It's a broad principle. Like through the light of this principle, you can see many others. Okay. All right. So so you got to you humble yourself, kneel, and this is I think super important because like. The point from the the psychologist is is well taken. Like we are cued by various cues to value different things. So tell the Lord, Lord, make me want what you want. Make me want what you want me to want. You know, ask for that grace. What you're asking for is the Spirit's gift of counsel, by the way. Spirit's gift of counsel, right? Um, (laughs) Ask for that clarity. Conform my desires to yours. Give me your spirit of counsel. Because, you know, the Lord doesn't actually want us to be, like, standing at the table during the middle of the conference, still, like, agonizing about whether it's cookies or Doritos. You know, he doesn't want that kind of decision paralysis. This is one of the great gifts of the Holy Spirit. And remember, the Lord says, like, whoever asks for the Spirit will get it. You know, like, he's, he's made you that promise. So, like, call him out on it. I mean, come on, be bold. Like, if, if the Son of God isn't going to honor his promises, then we're in trouble, right? So, like, if he told you he's giving you the Holy Spirit, Ask for it, you know. Give me the gift of counsel. And I didn't have, have the confidence that he's given it. And then follow your, your holiest desire, you know. Follow follow your holiest desire. All right. Uh, so, right. So, this also, checking, the, checking your footing also involves, like, you know, it gives you the right lens. You know, the right lens through which to view the situation, to view what you're pursuing, right. And I also think, like, practical matters, like, just journaling through, uh, a big decision um, can help seeking so counsel, uh, you know, sometimes people have a good insight into your gifts and strengths that you might not have and be humble and, in, in, you know, seeking out that kind of counsel. Um, and and then also you have to be honest about what is possible, you know, what's possible, what's possible for me? You know, am I, is this is this is this realistic, you know, this is realistic. It's not just like, uh, what, what would, an ideal scenario, what would be the best? It's like, well, what is realistic? Come on, look at your life. Look at God's providence, what he's led you to up to this point. What's realistic? I mean, don't doubt his power. You can do amazing, Nothing's impossible, but through his grace. But you, there's a kind of a wisdom to his providential order in your life. Okay, next, next principle. There are just two more. We're almost done. Okay, uh, second principle is, uh, so check your footing. Check the options. Check the options. Check your footing. Check the options. Uh, What is the option you're considering? Like, what is it about job A? Like, maybe if you listen, if you have, if you just like read the job description, maybe that's not enough. You know what I mean? Like, maybe talk to someone who works there. You know, like get some insight. Um, You know, if you're considering a a religious order, visit. (laughs) You know, visit. Like, check it out. Uh, um, You know, there's. Actions are concrete. These are particulars you need experience. You need you need to uh, to actually come to understand what it is that what is good about this thing or what are its deficiencies? You know, be able to have an an informed estimation of the particular you're considering. All right. And then the last one, and this is maybe kind of. Most helpful, most I I don't know. For me, I've always thought it would be pretty helpful. This is the third principle. Check your watch. Check your watch. All right, check your watch. What time is it? All right, you're dying. You know, I'm, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry to say, but you're, you're all dying. We're all dying. Okay, we're all dying. We're on, we're, we're on a journey, we're on a pilgrimage uh, to death and life. You know, life through death. Like, I don't want to be morbid, but, but you know, we're, time is short. You know, everyone's got those little Apple, not everyone, but people have these Apple watches, you know, with little, little heartbeats. Yeah, that's a countdown timer. Okay. <laughs> That that's a countdown talk like there's a there's a finite number of those that will that will appear on your watch just so you know just so you know it's a countdown timer so you know so check your watch you know check your watch uh you know and if you're down to good options you've checked your footing you've checked out the options you're attracted to both all right we'll check your watch you don't have much time just pick one you know pick one pick the first one i'll just take pick the first one <laughs> Pick the first one, you know. Uh, be like the Dominicans. Don't take yourself too seriously. Just pick one. Just pick. All right? Just commit. Now, because everything is passing away, and the Lord is coming back soon. Okay. End of talk.